From the Catholic Diocese of Sioux Falls Office of Adult Faith Formation, this is the Prairie Rome Companion with Dr. Chris Bergwald. Hello, I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald, and welcome to the 16th episode of Prairie Rome Companion. In this episode, uh, we'll hear an interview I did recently with Beth Stockman, uh, a collegiate Catholic, somebody who's uh, a sophomore in college, uh, just about her life experience, her experience of, of finding Jesus Christ in the Catholic Church. Uh, as you'll hear, Beth is a cradle Catholic, uh, but at, at, at one point in her uh, life, she had a, a deeper encounter with Jesus Christ in his church. And I just thought it was an interesting story that some of you might be interested in. So um, I invite you to listen to the interview with Beth and feel free to contact me with any questions. I do have to mention that... Uh, I have a cold, and so there's some uh, lovely clearing of nasal passages during the course of the interview, so you'll just have to excuse me for that. I do apologize for that. But again, enjoy the interview, and God bless. And we're now joined by Beth Stockman. Beth, thanks for taking time out of your day to visit with us. Yeah. Um, w- w- but the reason I asked uh, Beth to do this interview was uh, she's a college student uh, who's had... Um, uh, a, a faith journey, which is probably a little bit atypical of the typical college uh, college age Catholic, and I just thought that it might be interesting for a lot of our listeners to hear um, her story. And, and Beth, I, I talked with you a little bit before this about that. Um, just to, if you just briefly before we get into sort of your the the history, uh, your spiritual history, so to speak, just talk a little bit about. Um, you know, where you're from, where you're attending college, that kind of a thing. Just a brief introduction. Okay. Okay, well, I'm from Crosby, Minnesota, um, northern Minnesota, and um, from a family. We have seven kids. And I just finished my freshman year at Benedictine in Atchison, Kansas, and so I'm just home for the summer, um, nannying for some people and helping my mom a lot. Okay. <laughs> You're, Beth is the second of the seven, so yep. helping with the younger siblings, I imagine. Yeah, actually, yep. And I, and I should point out that uh, Beth's hometown is also my hometown. It's it's mm-hmm. it's the greatest small town in the world. Uh, <laughs> it's great. <I> <laughs> um, what's your major at Benedictine? Um, well, I'm doing. I'm kind of finishing up generals, but right now I'm declared psychology. What do you hope to do with that? Um, I don't know yet. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I'm doing generals and I really, I enjoy studying psychology. So I guess I'll have to see where it takes me. Sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, and then as, as you and I talked before, uh, what I think, what, what I am interested in hearing and what I think, uh, the, the listeners to the podcast will be interested in hearing is, is just sort of the history of where you've gone. Um, they don't know anything about you. I know a little bit about you. Mm-hmm. And I just think it'd be interesting to, to sort of start off with growing up in a, 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 a strong Catholic home and how what's happened and how your your faith has deepened over time. Mm-hmm. So I'll just let you go ahead and, and, and start. Um, and okay. then I'll probably let me stop you at a couple points and ask some uh, other questions. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess uh, we have seven kids in our family. It was, I was saying <coughs> the second... And we've always had, well, I mean, we still do have a really Catholic, devote family, I guess, to the church. Um, growing up, uh, always went to Mass on Sunday, you know, evening prayers, and 
um, even like our extended relatives are very Catholic, which is it's awesome. But um, so I guess being raised in the church, I don't know, was good. And I remember as a little girl, um, like praying all the time. I mean, before before bed, and I don't know. I mean, it was just it was like the basis of our family life, I guess. But, but just to inter- interrupt you briefly, what what evening prayer? So did you pray together as a family, mm-hmm. and then you also did uh, personal prayer? Yeah. Okay. okay. I mean, it was always like I remember as a kid, always praying. Like I'd go. I mean, daily mass even with my moms on mornings. We were also homeschooled, so a lot of times before we'd start school, we'd go to daily mass together. And okay. um, yeah, I guess it was it was really good and. But, I mean, it was kind of confusing as a kid because it, I mean, I think every, probably every kid goes through this, but there comes a point where you have to make it your own, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's easy. I mean, like they say, cradle Catholic. I mean, that's kind of what, that's what I was born into, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I guess I remember, like, going to all these retreats as a kid, um, like vocations retreats. They were, I mean, they were really good, but I remember some points being, pretty confused about it you know what 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 ages are we talking about here Beth? probably like preteen. i'm thinking like 12 okay because when i'm younger i it, it was so happy just to pray and like you know say my my rosaries or whatever but at, when i reached that age it kind of started like i really started questioning things i guess and um going to all these retreats and i remember at one certain retreat um we had gotten into a small group and everyone was like talking about i don't know god and their spirituality and stuff and i think i was probably 13 or something (laughs) and which is the age when you don't want to stick out you know i mean i didn't want to do anything like out of the ordinary but i remember it came to me you know and i was supposed to say something like what god meant to me or how this retreat would change me you know and I remember actually, like, getting emotional inside and being, like, I remember saying to the group leader, like, I don't understand what this is all about because now you're telling me, like, this is the way I need to pray or, you know, like, I need to say these prayers and then, I don't know, ask these questions. And I, I just remember I actually was crying. I was like, I don't get what I, – I was just so confused. I think by even just by being raised Catholic, which is great, but, I mean – I think I got so many different angles, and it, it just wasn't, like, real. For, it became a point where I realized, like, this isn't real for me, you know? Elaborate on that a little bit. I mean, you, you just said there are so many different angles. Um, you were confused at some of these retreats, um, and it wasn't real. What Elaborate on that a little bit. Well, I think, yeah, I think a lot of, at least for me, was when I would go to these retreats, it would be, like, it would be this like spiritual high, you know, for a few days. And then I'd come back home and kind of sink back down into my life, you know? And Mm -hmm. so it was just confusing, like, when at this one point in in my life, like 13, whatever, realizing, like, what is God if it's this spiritual high I get from these retreats? And then I don't really understand, and I'm saying these prayers, but it was just, I don't know, it didn't connect with my life, you know? It was like the church life and then my... I don't know my sports or the things I do, you know. Sure. So what was what was what were you what was the sense you were getting of what was other people's expectations for you or what were you being told, you know, if you're going to be a good Catholic could do this this and this and this. What yeah. what, what was your what was your perception at least of what it meant to be a good Catholic? Well, I think 
that's that was the problem I didn't understand, I think. But, I mean, just even going to all these different groups, I was so confused because you just get a different, I mean, a different angle. And, like, I didn't see any connection. Like, I mean, at one retreat, they would we would have adoration, you know, which was, I don't know, good, but I was still confused, you know. And then, um, like, a small group leader would say, you know, the important thing is is that you have your, like, personal time with God and you're saying these prayers. So I was like, okay, so then I'll try that. And then another person would say, um, you know, like, to be going to Mass. And anyway, like, I mean, it all does connect, but I couldn't see any connection. It mm-hmm. was just, like, it was actually just busying me, you know, mm-hmm. kind of overwhelming in my mind. I mean, to the point where I remember, like, crying in this small group and being so embarrassed, like, does this make sense to everyone else? You know, right. I don't know. Just not seeing. And and this, it wasn't a matter of, <clears throat> excuse me, not not knowing the teaching. I mean, for instance, adoration. You you right. knew what the yeah. church taught about the real presence and everything like that. Right. And I love going. Like I love going to mass with my mom and everything. But yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if that's a common experience of. I mean, I I think it kind of is because mm-hmm. I've seen it now in my other siblings. But of there comes a point when you have to make it your own. You right. know. Right. And even it makes me annoyed because I remember people at different retreats, people telling me that, but I was like, oh, okay. Right. So I'll pray on my own. I don't know. <laughs> it's just something that you, that at least most Catholics, or youth generally probably, but at least being with Catholics, something that we all have to face at some point. Yeah, okay. yeah, I think so. Okay. And I'm glad I was, I mean, I'm happy it was so young, even though it was awkward, you know, being the preteen. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, yeah, I'm really happy. Why, why, why do you say that? Why are you happy you were so well, young? Well, because I think at the point I'm at now, I'm at such a different, um, I don't know, such a good place. Like, where when I'm praying, it's not, I don't know, my life is just different. Like, when I'm praying, it's not out of, like, a pious act or, like, a duty. It's really, I think I've just grown in who I am. And it's it's like a part of how I live, I guess. Now. So you're glad that that happened sooner rather than later, so you can enter into it now. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you had this experience when you were 13 um, on a retreat and this confusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where 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 did things go from there? Well, um, I think the first time that I really would say I like had I had an un- like an encounter with Christ, you know, like understanding. That that really stuck with me was um, I went on a GS a GS um, high school vacation. Okay, okay. Now what's GS? <laughs> okay, well GS is the high. It's Italian Juventi Studentesca, which is Italian for a youth student, and mm-hmm. it's part of the Communion Liberation Movement okay. in the Catholic Church. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> in the world. Uh, <laughs> um, can you, could you briefly, and, or unless you want to do this later, maybe it's, I'll, I'll leave it up to you, but can you, uh, or maybe as you tell what, maybe you want to wait and do this, but I, I think it'd be obviously helpful for people to know a little bit about what this GS and Communion Liberation is. Uh, do you want to wait with that? or do Well, you want... yeah, maybe. Okay. Because, well, because I'm, I, when I first went to the vacation, I was in the same, the same boat. Like, what is this? I knew it was like a Catholic movement, you know? Okay. And our family had met the movement, and we'd been going... Um, to the different family days and stuff, but my mom kind of snuck me to this GS vacation. Okay. <laughs> so I, I don't know, wasn't really happy about being there, but 
just because I didn't connect with the different people, you know. Okay. Just, just no, it, because of personalities or yeah. because, okay, okay. Just a nat- it just wasn't natural friendship. Like, <clears throat> they didn't, we didn't share the same sports or the same, you know, sure. the things that matter when you're right. 14. Right. So, okay, and I was going to ask you that, by the way. This is, this is not too long after that other retreat experience that you mentioned. Right. So, right. Okay, okay, go ahead. Yeah, probably a year two. I'm not sure. Okay. But, um... Yeah, I went on this vacation, and I remember, I guess the first one was a summer vacation, so I was with my, my mom was there, actually, as a chaperone, and my brother and some friends, but um, that vacation kind of flew by, and it, a vacation is like, it's basically, it's like a retreat, but um, the reason they don't call it a, a retreat is because it's, it's not, you're not, it's not an escape from life, it's like a place where the, these friends go and are like living together and dealing with their life and their problems. Okay. So, but basically, it's like what we would know as a retreat. Okay. So, can, can I, just a quick question about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also because that's that, that's very interesting to me, and 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 that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- we talked before it. You know, retreat. The word it literally means, in at least one definition, is to you know draw back from. Mm-hmm. And from what I understand, that's not what these vacations are about i mean it, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to be driving back from, but i think when most people think of vacations that's a time for relaxation and right. okay if it's the summer it's you know you go to the pool or the lake <laughs> so how is it a vacation if well yeah i see i see what you mean but no it's i think it's formatted like a retreat i mean we have we have games and we ta- have talks and assemblies and things okay but the point is is that you're not it's not a time when you pull away from your life you know like okay escape from your problems but it's a time i think when you really like immerse yourself in them sure you know like to deal with things like you're really living life and i guess it is formatted different than most retreats i've been to because we have a lot more things like i mean just time together and hikes and playing games you know okay and then there are like assemblies and talks but okay but does that make yeah it does it does it does okay so um i guess that first vacation I went on kind of flew by me, but I was a little confused because they didn't do like these pious prayers that I was, that I was used to as a kid, you know, Mm -hmm. and that kind of confused me. So that was pretty much my first vacation was that, but then the time when I really, I think when I met something was on, I went back for some reason to the winter vacation and I saw something like so attractive there and so different. Um, I just like, I guess one of the first things I noticed was in the way people, like, loved me. Like, especially from the adults, I felt so um, accepted and, like, loved for, like, really cared about and loved for who I am. Mm-hmm. And also how how the way that people talked. Like, even how um, how they, like, would tell me they loved me or the things we were talking about, like, issues about our heart or I remember it really clearly a talk about love and like what does it mean to I don't know like have a boyfriend and what does it mean to love someone mm-hmm. anyway so that that was kind of I was just really interested in that I guess and I remember um I gave at the end you could give a testimony and so I remember sitting in my little seat and watching all these people go up and I just like my heart was so pulled to go up there, but I was so afraid, you mm-hmm. know, like your heart, my heart was beating so fast and mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Cause I didn't even know what I was going to say, but eventually I just like stood up and <laughs> once I got up there, I was like, what am I doing? But I remember just, um, 
this is another time when I got really emotional, but I remember trying to express, like, I don't understand what's going on here, but I see, like, something so attractive and, like, this explosion of life, kind of, and I don't under, I don't, I couldn't understand because it wasn't, like, pious prayers and st- or something. I mean, we we pray together and stuff, but that wasn't the point. It was, like, this, like, full way that people were living, you know, and so I remember just, I couldn't even, I still can't, but I couldn't even, like, express it the way I wanted to, but I remember just saying, like, the main point that came out was, I see something so different here from any retreats, um, and, like, different things I've been involved in, and, like, that's basically all I said, but I guess since then, I've, I don't know, I've come to understand it more, and it's basically changed completely, like, the way I'm living, and I think I have, I mean, I know I have that to thank for how I am now in my life. So what, I don't know, I don't know if this is a fair question, what changed? I mean, what, I mean, you referred to, you, you I don't know if you said you met or you encountered Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is there, how was your awareness different after this retreat or vacation than it had been before. I mean, we sort of talked about, I mean, you grew up in a, uh, a great Catholic family. Mm-hmm. Prayer was a part of it. Uh, but obviously something deeper happened. Mm-hmm. Um, can you, is there any way to describe the difference in your awareness of, of the presence of, of Jesus Christ before and mm-hmm. after? Yeah, I think, um, I think one of the main things which we talk about, um, in the movement all the time is like a growth in your humanity. And I think it became really clear to me, even like in that example with prayer, but um, because I was, I don't know, it was just like when I saw on that first vacation, this kind of how people were so immersed in their life and in, in their heart and in their humanity, like I see that happen to me now is like prayer, not as, like a talk, I mean, not as just a talking with God, but really as like this human, like a human cry that you have, you know, that, that you, you need to like recognize the presence of Christ, I think, and that you need something more in your life. And I see that like, I mean, I, as a really human thing, like that you feel in your heart, you know, like the pain you feel in front of some situations, like, why is it like this, you know, or why does this stink right now, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I think, um, and that's just become a lot of who I am, like, so I think, um, that's one way the prayer has changed, that I'm always, like, begging that I can recognize, um, a presence of Christ instead of just saying these prayers because somehow I know that's right. Now, I still say the prayers now, which is the funny thing, like, Mm -hmm. I'm still going, like, to Mass with my mom or whatever, saying the prayers, but it's, it's now, like, connected with my humanity, I guess, who I am. It's not like a separate world of my religion and then my life. It's like, no, in my life, I'm, you know, noticing like a lack of something and I know I need Christ. So then that's what like moves me to pray, I think. Okay. Now, because you've, you referred a couple times to, you know, pious prayers. and mm-hmm. Almost as if it were bad. And I think somebody could be listening to us and say, well, what's wrong with piety? No. Isn't piety, you know, aren't piety, uh, is, doesn't she pray the rosary anymore? That kind of thing. What, 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 what do you mean when you talk about 
pious prayers in that way. I almost sounded like a bad thing. Can you elaborate yeah. on that? No, no, I don't want it to come across as like a negative thing. But I think, um, at least for me, like where I was, I think when I, I mean, maybe I have a wrong understanding of this, but what, for me, like just doing something because it's, you know, like a pious act, like that I would go to Mass because I know that's the right thing to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think doing the same, it's the same things I'm doing now, like going to Mass and praying and stuff, but I have a different reason behind them. I think it would become pious when you just do it because you know that's what you have to do, or, I mean, I don't know, mm-hmm. even like because you know people will see that, or some, you know, mm-hmm. instead of really being moved to do it from your heart. I okay. Guess. And that's what's that's what's different now. For now it's it's a movement of your heart. Yeah. Um there's a de- a deeper desire, mm-hmm. n- not doing it out of duty. Right. But out of a, a deeper desire. Mm-hmm. And and that was really the the result of of what happened to you on this GS vacation. Mhm. Okay. Um the other thing uh, you you referred to, you know, we, GS and CL. I mean, do you want to talk a little bit more about what they are? Movement the, now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the movement. I don't know, like the short, I guess, understanding, like history. What I understood of it was, it's it was started by Father Giussani, um in Milan, Italy. But he didn't like intend on starting it. But he just saw this separation that people had between their life and religion, which is exactly what I was dealing with. But, um, yeah, he was a high school teacher, and he saw this separation, so he didn't understand why people couldn't connect them. So I think he just started meeting with a few kids to talk about this stuff, and pretty soon, um, like, 2,000 people were following him, I mean, within a short amount of time. So I think they call it, like, a movement of the Holy Spirit because people just started following him and, like, what he taught and um, the way he lived, I guess, mostly. And I, it was recognized as a movement in the Catholic Church by Pope John Paul, actually. And, yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's hard. You can't explain everything about it, obviously, but that's a short answer. Sure. I, I think, talking about movements in the Church, I think a lot of people probably have heard about, uh, because of the Da Vinci Code, at least know that there's something called Opus Dei, for instance, right. mm-hmm. um, or Regnum Christi, some people might be familiar with. Mm-hmm. There are all sorts of movements in the Church. Focolare is another one, and Communion Liberation is a movement in the Church, like right. those are movements. Mm-hmm. Um, it consists from uh, mostly of lay people, correct? Yeah. Um, so it's mostly lay people who are members, although there are um, some people who, uh, there's, there are priests, and then also... Mm-hmm. Um, and Memoris Domine is like uh, consecrated singles. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. But GS is sort of the teens yep. group? And then, yep, okay. that started, that's the high school ages. And then um, CLUE is CL University, that's what it stands for, that's... Um, university students and then i mean this is all within the movement but i think it's important to have you know groups of your age sure with sure. your same problems right you know? right so you going back to this uh, vacation um mm-hmm. that in which you had this experience or this encounter how was it you know speaking from my own personal experience um 
when I was a teen, you know, I'd go on retreats and, and I, and I think this is true a lot of, for a lot of teens as well, uh, you go on this retreat and you have this, this high, this emotional high, like you, you really intense, uh, this intense experience, um, affective experience, emotional experience mm-hmm. with regard to the faith. But then you leave and it sort of withers away or, or dies with the feeling goes away. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, was there, was this an emotional experience you had uh, and did it stay with you or was it not emotional or was it emotional and something else? I mean, obviously it's apparent, I mean, this happened several years ago in your life and it remained with you in a way. So mm-hmm. how was this different from other experiences you'd have in, in the, I mean, look at the positives of, of other retreat experiences. How, mm-hmm. what was different about this that it stayed with you? Um, well, I think, I, I mean, I mean, obviously there was some emotion in it because when I was giving the testimony, I was almost, you know, like choking up. But right. I think it wasn't an emotional high because I was, I think, like really through the vacation, like immersing myself into my life and like my my heart was what was like moving me now. And I think also can't be emotional because I was attracted to a certain place and a certain people, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I know, like, I had, I met Christ that, on that vacation, or saw, like, a glimpse of him, you know, mm-hmm. and so I am, like, so thankful because it's a certain place that I've met that, and so I can stay with that and with those people, and it can't, I mean, it can't be something, something emotional if you, if you have um, a concrete place like that which is, like, such a hope for me because I also, I was just thinking of this. um, When I was going to all these different things, almost frantically, like, all these retreats and stuff, I remember one of my friends saying, like, asking her, you know, are you going to this, you know, and she's like, no, I'm not going. And I was like, what, why? And uh, she's like, well, because, you know, it's just, like, this high, and then it's over. She's like, I'm done with it. She's like, I don't... It's just disappointing, you know? And so even, like, going into this, the GSification, I had that kind of lurking in the back of my mind, you know, like, okay, this is going to this is gonna be over when I get home, you know? But I think it can't because I saw, like, because I saw something attractive in the way they were, these people were living, and I don't know, it's something, and that it was a certain people, I guess it can't. It, it's not just an emotion, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that you have those things. Can you explain more about what it is that you saw? I mean, you said you, you saw, at least you saw a glimpse of Christ, at least. Mm-hmm. How, how did you see him? Um, well, I think one of the people that it was clear to me in was one of the leaders. Um, and just in the way, like, he would talk to me. And I knew, like, he, he really loved me just in the way he looked at me, you know, and in the way he he like cared about my problem you know like I think this is something we've talked about now in like our in our meetings with Clue and stuff but like an authority he was like an authority for me because he knew he knew my heart better than I knew it myself you know Mm -hmm. because I think um especially at that young age like in high school you don't know I mean I didn't know what I wanted you know what I mean it was kind of it was like a searching but I, I couldn't recognize really what I wanted, but the way he looked at me, like I knew he, 
he cared about me almost more than I did myself. You know, like he mm-hmm. wanted me to be serious with my with my problems and and it's kind of a scary feeling because I remember him saying a few times like, "Well, what do you see here?" or like, "What is it that you want?" you know, in your life. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you really care." You know. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a clear thing, and just how how he was with me and how he um, looked at me. And then I guess. I guess it was also amazing to me. I was saying before how I didn't want to go on that vacation just because um, I didn't connect with the people, like personality-wise even. But I think it was ama- it was amazing to me that that wasn't really an obstacle, you know? Like, people's personalities didn't... That I could still have this beautiful experience even though the people around me, like, I wouldn't normally connect with. But all of a sudden, like, I felt closer to them than... I, I don't know, a lot of people that I, like, do, I mean, that I did, like, sports with and mm-hmm. stuff, was sharing the things I liked with, but because there was, like, a, I don't know, I guess a sharing of our heart, and there has to, I mean, Christ was obviously, like, at the center of the relationship instead of, like, oh, we ran track together, you know? Sure, yep, okay. So, so what happened after this retreat or vacation? Um... Well, I've, I, this was so many years ago, but since then, like, I've always came, gone to the vacations and, like, stayed with that experience, I guess, a lot, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And even in college, I've um, been really involved in Clue, and I think, I don't know, it's just, it's hard to, I mean, I can't, you can't completely explain it, but it's com- it's just changed who who I am, you know? Mm-hmm. And just, uh, I guess, how I am in front of a lot of things. Like, um, it was kind of amazing to me the other day. I was talking to um, one of my brother's friends who I just met. And we were talking about, like, these issues of the heart, you know. Like, how do you know when you're following your heart? Or how do you how do you know, um, like, if you're really praying? Or, you know, all these, like, problems that I find in my life. And after this talk, he... He came, or he called me and was like, well, I'm so surprised, like, this is the stuff. I've never talked with people about that. You know, I've never found someone that cares about that, too. So that was just, that was just such a clear sign of how, um, like, how it has changed me, obviously. You know, because I realized, like, this is the stuff that's important to me. Like, and these are the things I want to talk about, you know. So, I mean, that was just, that was kind of awesome that to hear, like, Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's affecting even, like, just how I am how I am with people and talking with them. Somebody you've never met before. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. What, you talk, I mean, you, you referred to the heart and the, you just about issues of the heart. What, can you elaborate a little bit on what you mean by that, in case some people are a little confused by that? Yeah, I think um, a big thing in the movement is how your heart is, like, the most clear thing you have to judge things with. I mean... It's like the most certain thing we have, um, which really makes sense to me now that when I see, when I was in high school, like, you know, being confused about all these things, it was because I had I didn't connect my heart with anything, you know? It was kind of more this, um, like an intellectual exercise almost, instead of really connecting, like, my humanity, like what my heart is, um, what my heart is calling me to, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so I think... The heart is a huge issue in the movement, and 
obviously in my life, but, um, yeah, but learning, I mean, learning to follow your heart, even though it is the most certain thing, which I'm sure of, you know, I mean, because what else could be, what else could be more sure, you know, like an idea of something isn't gonna, isn't very certain, you know, that could change or whatever, but your heart has to be sure, and so even it, even though it is the most sure thing, it's so hard to learn how to follow, I think. Right. Because you're not talking about emotions here. I think when a lot of people think about their heart, oh, right. they think of, especially when you say it's not, as opposed to the intellect, they, they might think you're talking about your feelings or whatever, oh, but that's right. not what you mean. No, no. Like, and I think that's where it becomes hard to learn to follow your heart because it's hard to understand what's like an emotional whim and what's your heart really like tugging at you, you know? And so I think, I mean, and this is even in the last weeks, <laughs> I've really been learning to, I mean, through talking with um, a lot, like, I mean, talking with my mom and talking with all these good friends we have, you know, I mean, especially within the movement, because I think we really have the same understanding of that, but trying to, like, decipher, you know, what is my heart speaking to me and what, because that's what I want to follow, you know, I don't want to follow, like, an emotional whim, obviously, right. and I don't want to follow an intellectual idea, because I mean, I saw how that happened when I was younger. Like, I wasn't happy when I was just following what people told me or, you know, like this idea of prayer in my mind or whatever. But I don't know. Okay. I guess in the last weeks especially, that's I've been learning how to understand how to follow you, follow my heart. Right. Now, <clears throat> this is probably what some people would could talk, may consider the, the million-dollar question. Uh -oh. for, for people who have kids your age or teens or who have younger siblings who are your age or a few years younger, uh -huh. what can they do to foster the, the kind of encounter with Jesus that you had, do you think? I mean, <clears throat> for you, it, it, it came through a specific movement. Right. Um, Which isn't, it's not, obviously, it's not for everyone. Right. I'm not right. saying everyone, like, you know. Sure. Sure. Rush to CL, but I mean, for me, it was uh, obviously for me. Right. And, and now, I mean, granting that it's for you, and I don't know if there'd be a way for you to answer the question apart from the context of talking about GS or CL, but, but anything that comes to mind, is there anything that comes to mind in terms of what parents or older siblings can do to, to see that their kids or their younger, younger brothers and sisters can have this this mm -hmm. this deep encounter or experience of, mm -hmm. of who Jesus is in a, in a lasting and a meaningful way? Um, yeah, I hope so. I mean, I don't know that there's... Obviously, there can't be, like, some formula, but... Um, you know, actually, hold on just a second. Before you can... Why not? Why can't there be a formula? Why can't there be a formula? I don't know, because I think I tried the formula, you know? I mm -hmm. mean, I tried the... I was such a good kid, like, going to Mass and... You know, no one would know that I was really struggling with it inside. But, I mean, we, growing up as a Catholic, I think we were following the formula. And I'm not, like, I'm happy for that. But at some point, I had to be serious with myself. And I don't know. I mean, I guess it's not, it wouldn't be a bad, of course it's not a bad thing to follow the formula of, I mean, within the Catholic Church. I mean, bringing the kids to Mass and prayer and stuff. But something I was just thinking of, actually, that we we were talking about it at uh, in at schools community, which is when we meet, like, to talk about um, the text of Father Giussani. Um, anyway, something that came out was people, some of the parents were saying how they've changed in front of their kids, you know? Like, not being afraid of problems or issues of the heart. Like, 
not being not saying okay you pray you go to mass and stuff but really the question of like really questioning things i guess like why why would you pray or what what really is it you know i guess not being afraid of that because i've really i've like recognized that a lot in my parents how i mean they don't pretend like they have the answers you know i mean i see that they do but they don't when they have questions or when they're doubting, which is totally a human thing, you know, it's not like a fear of hiding that from us because then we will be weak, you know. Mm-hmm. I think I've also really grown in uh, in my faith, I guess you'd say, because my parents have have grown too, you know. Like I've seen them questioning and I've seen, I mean, they've helped me like learn to follow my heart even when it's been, even when it's not been clear, been a struggle, but... I guess parents really are like a huge a huge um thing in how they are in front of you, I guess. Because I don't know, I guess not just not just answering all the questions and saying this is how it is and this is how it is, but like being willing to uh go deeper into things. Mhm. So just living just striving to to deepening their own awareness mm-hmm. of Christ's presence yeah, and, and being honest about their struggles yeah. in that. Okay. Right. As well as, I mean, you know, we, we referred to it as a formula, but obviously the importance of still, not still, but bringing kids to mass, oh, obviously, and, right. and, and family prayer and encouraging oh, private yeah. prayer. Um, th- I mean, although there's, that's, we have, in a sense, you have to go beyond that. It can never be abandoned. It has mm-hmm. to be there. No, yeah, that's true. And if, I mean, if it weren't for, the church and being, you know, that we know we, we go to Mass on Sunday and stuff, it'd be so easy for it to just become an emotional thing, I think, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like I mean, even how the retreats were, I guess, for me, it was an emotional, like, oh, now I feel I feel good about God and I'm going to go, or I feel really bad about God, so I'm going to go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think you need, you need the structure so that you don't get... You don't keep going in a circle of your human emotions, I guess. Right. And, and it's in... It's in the church that we encounter Jesus Christ. I mean, yep. it's I mean, for you in this movement. These are mm-hmm. disciples of, of of Jesus Christ. That is members of of the church in which mm-hmm. you've encountered Him. Mm-hmm. And anything else that you think would be good or interesting for people to hear about your own experience? Um. Well, I guess I was just I was just touching a little on like with my parents, you know, now and. I've just been amazed, especially this summer, I guess, and in the last couple of years, how um, it's changed with my parents. I think it really has become like a friendship. And I mean, a lot of the reason is I've grown up, you know, I just came back from college. So it's, you know, it it has to become more of a friendship. But um, also, like how my parents were, that they, I always see them like searching. And so I it it becomes more of a relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it could, it still can do that when you're younger. I mean, in a different way, because obviously they have more authority over you, you know? Right. But it's still, I think you still need that relationship of, like, searching together. But, yeah, I recognize how much, how much I've changed. I, I love um, being home with my mom. Like, I've, we go on, we try to walk together, like, every day, because it's just a time we get away from <laughs> Like the craziness of our house, you know, mm-hmm. with the kids, and it's, I don't know, it's really beautiful. Like we, we talk the whole time, and it's about, about these real things, and um, I don't know, issues of the heart and issues of, 
I don't about real things. I'm thankful for how our relationship has grown. I guess. What if somebody said to you, speaking of that, you talk about real things. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever had this happen to you, but what if somebody came to you and Beth, you just seem so serious. I mean, you're young. You're supposed to be having fun at this age. You talk about issues of the heart and uh-huh. reality, and it just seems so heavy. I mean, oh no, <laughs> I don't think they would. <laughs> No, I probably do sound so serious, but, like, I mean, I think, I mean, serious. People would always say on, on like, these GSifications and stuff, like, you need to be serious. And I was like, oh, I don't want to be serious. You know, I'm a kid, and I want to run around with my friends and have fun. And I, I think I just had a, I didn't understand what they meant by serious because I think what they're saying is being serious with yourself, like, with your problems or with what you want in life and not, like, serious in the sense, like, oh, I'm going to sit in the at home in the afternoon and read my book, you know, <laughs> like, but um, I think serious just with how you are in front of, thing, in front of um, things, because I still am, um, I'm not, like, serious in the sense of um, what I do, but I guess in, in how I do it, because I'm, um, yeah, I don't think anyone would say that to me. I love to have fun and, like, run around with my friends. But I think within that, I'm really searching for something, you know, okay. and like begging to see, I guess, just to see like Christ's presence. But I still can do the same things, you know. Okay. So you're not sitting at home this summer reading your psychology no. textbooks? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. No, I love, I mean, of course, like I'm in college, like I love boating and whatever. Sure. I mean, I do normal things, but I'm just saying serious in the sense of how how serious you are with your heart, I guess. And, and to me, I mean, something you said there is very fascinating to me. I mean, in, in every, the, you're, you do things seriously, I think you mm-hmm. said, in the sense that, um, you, you didn't put it quite this way, but you can tell me if this is putting it wrongly, but basically you're, you're trying to find Christ's presence in everything right, you yeah. do. Yeah. And everything you do, you, you believe now that Christ is present somehow and you're trying to find his face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, which is fascinating to me because I, th- I think that part of the problem um, of our culture and the challenge to Christians uh, in general, in- including Catholics, is trying to in- is exactly the problem that you were speaking of: integrating life and faith. Mm-hmm. Um, Vatican II talked about that as a serious problem. Mm-hmm. Um, the popes since then, Paul VI, John Paul II, Benedict XVI, have talked about that problem of, of the of the separation between faith and life. Um, and, and it's just fascinating to me that, that you've, you, at some point you recognize that as a problem and Mm -hmm. now you're, you're seeking, okay, where, where can I see Jesus Christ risen and present in boating or Mm -hmm. whatever, or whatever it is that you're doing, Mm -hmm. you're seeking to find him. Right. And I think, um, one thing I was just thinking of that is obviously like I've recognized the only, I mean, the thing that helps me not disconnect my faith in my life is I realize now the only place that I could meet Christ is in the things around me, you know, because it's not an intellectual idea anymore. So I think I've actually maybe become, I hope, more serious with, like, fun. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. more (laughs) more serious about everything you do. Like, I noticed on, on the vacations, especially, like, we play all these games together, and we're so serious about what we're doing. Like, they get so intense and... I'm like, why is everyone psycho here? You know, (laughs) like, I mean, when you look at it, it's just not letting things go by you. I mean, putting yourself really into them. You know what I mean? Like not letting, 
uh, just being like, okay, whatever, I don't care, but like really trying to search in that, like in, I guess, whatever we're doing. So apathy is not exactly present then um, in, in trying to live out the the charism of CL, apparently, for you, right? No, no, I don't think yeah. so. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> Uh, anything else that you think would be interesting or relevant or meaningful? Um, I don't know. You know, one thing I did want to ask you, you've got an older brother and several younger siblings. Uh-huh. Um, and, and we talked a little bit about parents and their kids. What about the, you know, what do you think? I mean, your older brother's not that much older than you. I don't know. So I don't know how much of a, of, um, model or impact he's been on you especially being an older brother and Mm -hmm. you you only being the second and you know not as good as the first of course Uh, (laughs) but just I mean that that relationship and then the one you you referred to you know I mean you're helping out with your your younger brothers and sisters Uh Um, but but how how have you found it possible or have you been able to foster this encounter with them as well um yeah Actually, I've been dealing with this a lot more, but, like, I think what we're talking about, like, not being afraid to deal with things, you know, like, really putting yourself in front of them, but I have um, a younger brother, and he's at, you know, he's a teenager or whatever. He's, I think, going through that searching for himself, which is which is hard to be in front of, you know, because you're like, okay, I know the answer, like, could you just do what I say? But then, of course, he wouldn't be searching, but... I think, um, I mean, sometimes that's hard. It's not like we don't have perfect relationships always, you know, but um, that's hard to to be in front of, but, like, I'm not afraid to face it. With That's with um, some of my younger brothers. But, yeah, my older brother um, is also, um, he's in Clue a lot, and I guess it's been really good with him. Like, we've kind of met this together in a sense, Mm-hmm. Um, because we went on that first vacation together, and then he actually struggled with it more in the beginning, and I was, like, poking him. But, I mean, now it's amazing that we can uh, share this together. And even, like, in the conversations we have, it becomes so much um, so much more meaningful. Like, it's amazing to realize that you, that I've, I've gotten to know my own, my own brother better mm-hmm. through, through this movement. And even, I mean, I was, like, like I was saying earlier, like, even my mom, you know, I mean that's just a miracle that I can that I can know them more because I'm under you know like sharing my heart with them and they're sharing theirs with me you know so I think that's helped a lot my relationship with my brother and of course I look up to him he is you know so responsible and so <laughs> good but um yeah it's become a good relationship together I guess it's terrific and I love I mean I love being home for the summer my little siblings are great you know yep I love being home with them, and I don't know. Okay. It's good. Good. Well, any any uh, last thoughts you want to mention before we conclude? Um, I can't think of anything. Okay. That's fine. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's fine. I, I want to thank you, Beth, for taking time to be with us today. And yeah, if Thank you. What I'm going to do, if, if anybody has questions uh, uh-huh. for you, I'm going to let them email me, and then I'll just pass them on to you if that's okay. Like that. Okay, so if anybody, if anybody who's listening to this has questions for Beth about her experience or maybe wants to learn more about GS or CL or Clue, uh, feel free to contact me at my email address, cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. In the meantime, Beth, thanks for your time, and God bless you. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Yep.
So I hope you enjoyed the interview. And if, as I said at the end of the interview, if you have any questions for Beth or for me, uh, feel free to contact me at my email address. Again, that's cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. Thank you. And once again, God bless you.